Hello and what is up? Mike Extreme here with you with Extreme Paranormal. Um, yeah, I've been hitting on Twitter um, a little bit. And this case actually came to me from a friend. Um, I was talking to my friend Audrey at Your Worst Nightmare TCP. If you have not checked them out, check them out. Um, her and Addie are amazing. Love them to death. Audrey, Addie, you guys are awesome. If you guys are here, I'd give you a big hug. Um, you know, shots of tequila, whatever. <laughs> so check out Your Worst Nightmare TCP. Um, you're going to love them. So me and Audrey were texting back and forth because um, I gave her an idea about a case that she can do. And she's like, oh, cool. Yeah, I'm going to check into that. Cool. If you have any cases that you would think, like, you know, paranormal, because she does primarily, I think it's true crime with some paranormal mixed in there. Mine is primarily paranormal. This case is got true crime mixed in. Um, this one is going to be a two-parter. Um, once a week recording, I'm going to say, is more than likely coming to an end. Um, but no worries. No worries. <clears throat> it's just going to be because of, I'm looking at taking a new position and, you know, with the move and this new position that I'm looking at, I'm going to need bi-weekly just so I can, um, you know, have things going on and really dig into more things and get, you know, household stuff under control. So I'm doing Amityville House. This is episode 17. This will be part one. Um, part two. Uh, check on my Twitter. Um, I'm planning on Friday, but it could be Monday. Um, you know, I know my recording schedule is all kind of cattywampus right now, and it's just the way it's going to be. Um, so, Amityville House, episode 17. This is part one. It's no big secret. The address is 112 Ocean Avenue. It's in Amityville. It's on Long Island in New York. You can Google Amityville Horror House. Um, you're going to find the address to it. You can go on Zillow, uh, realtor.com. Like, it's plastered all over the Internet. Like, not giving away any, you know, trade secrets, government secrets, nothing like that. Um... So this is what I've come up with. This is on the DeFeo family. Part two is going to be on the Lutz family and what they experienced. This is more of the true crime possibly pushing into paranormal. Um, the Lutz family is going to be more of the paranormal. Um, their theory is going to be scattered on both. So let's let's jump on the X train and head to Long Island, New York. Um, now, this is what I found so far. It is said that the basement for this home 
was built in 1692, but the home was built around 1924. Okay, so why would you build a basement in 1692 and then build the house? It says around 1924. And it was for John and Catherine Moynihan. Monahan. I don't want to butcher their names. Um, so it's either Moynihan or Monahan, however you pronounce it, you're going to get it right. It's, it's one of two things I'm guessing. Um, I'm still stuck on the 200 and plus years of just a basement. Um, Maybe it was used for something and they tore the house down and they rebuilt it. That I could not, literally could not find. I, I dug and I dug. But, okay. So, it was built around 1924, like I said, for John and Catherine Monahan. Um, couldn't really find too much on them of, you know, when they lived, when they died anything on that uh let's see so from 1924 to 1965 so that's 61 years you know maybe the monahans lived there and then it just if they died there like i said i couldn't find much on them so if you guys have any information let me know on this please let me know but the DeFeo family moved into 112 Ocean Avenue home in 1965. So 61 years later, if I did my math right, or 41 years later. Yeah, 41 years later. Okay, whatever. I'm not a mathematician. I'm a podcaster. It'll be okay when it's that. So you had Ronald Joseph DeFeo... Um, senior and his wife, they had five kids. And, you know, they move into this house. They've got five kids. Now, we'll go into other things later, but, you know, Ronald Joseph DeFeo Jr. was the oldest of the five. And he was the only surviving member of, well, it was a massacre. It was straight up mass murder. Like, you can't deny anything past that. Um, I'm not glorifying him. Honestly, he's, he did what he did. He's, I'm going to leave it at that. You guys can have your own opinion on him, whether you think he was a good dude, if you think he was human trash, or anything in between. Dead is up to you. I don't care. Like, I'm not going to tell you <laughs> how to feel about this person. Um, he was born September 26th, 1951. Uh, it says he was born in Brooklyn, New York. And he died March 12th, 2021 in Albany, New York. He was aged 69 years old when he died. And he died in custody 
um, you know, in prison, basically. He, he died in prison. Um, I don't know if it was actually a state prison or a psychiatric prison, or like the psych ward of the prison. Um, we can figure that out later at some other point. You guys can look that up if you really want to. Um, you know, it was on the November 13th of, I think it was night. Yeah. I wrote the year. Mm, okay. So I missed writing the year down. I think it was 1974 is when it was. I said, I'll clarify that on my notes. I didn't write the year down that the murders took place. Okay. My bad. I will clarify the year on that in episode two for Ronald. But it said on uh, November 13th, I think it was 1964, Ronald actually called the police to report the murder of his entire family. Um... Both parents and four siblings were shot by Ronald. Okay. I'm not going to give my opinion on that because whatever. Um, this dude actually had... Try and keep this family-ish friendly enough. Dude had spine enough. Like, this dude... Like, he's he's out there. He tried to tell the police uh, it was a mob hit. He named the person, he gave the police the name of a guy who apparently, I don't know if he was known to law enforcement as a mob enforcer or a mob hitman, or if he was just ties in with, you know, the New York mob, Whatever. He gave him this person, this guy's name. So, obviously, okay. You're the lone survivor. Both parents and four siblings are dead. You know, you got two brothers and two sisters dead. They're all shot in, their home, in, in the home. Why are you still alive? How are you still alive? Well, if it's a mob hit... You know, apparently he made up some story of he snuck out of the house or he was hiding in the basement or whatever. Okay, honestly, we weren't there. I'm going to give speculation of, you know, I think the police might have been like, all right, I think this dude's full of hot air. Let's keep him under wraps. Let's monitor him. But let's also check out this mob guy. It's a lead. Let's go check it out. What's it going to do? Nothing pans out. Okay. Which is exactly what happened. Um, they found this gentleman that, you know, Ron, and his nickname was Butch. Um, Butch. Like, eh, whatever. You're the Ron at this point. In fact, you're you're just Ron at this point to me. So, you know, 
Ron gives this name. They they contact him. He goes down. He does a full interview with them. Um, could not really tell if he was, you know, connected to the mob, if he was a hitman, an enforcer, mob ties maybe, whatever. It's New York in the 60s and 70s. There's a chance, you know, maybe it was there, maybe not. Um, that he was cleared pretty quickly. Um, he had a rock-solid alibi. And, you know, the rock-solid alibi. Plus, he's not even in Long Island at the time. He's not... Number one, Homeboy is not on Long Island. He's not in Amityville. He's not on Long Island. He's not even in the state of New York. And everything was corroborated, or collaborated... It, it panned out that he was telling the truth. So, okay, Ron lied. Now, there's a reason that Ron lied. Um, we have Dr. Daniel Schwartz. He was defense for, you know, Ronald DeFeo Jr. and supported the claim that Ronald was neurotic and suffered from dissociative disorder. Okay, now we're bringing, you know, mental health into the, into the mix here. Um, nothing to play with. Mental health is very serious. It's as serious, if not more serious, than your physical health. <clears throat> but even, you know, this doctor... Um, agreed and supported the claim that Ronald, he was neurotic and suffered from dissociative disorder. Great. You have a doctor saying this. And this is for your defense. Like, okay. Now we have a psychiatrist. So apparently Dr. Daniel Schwartz is a psychiatrist for the defense. And we have Dr. Harold Zolin, who is the psychiatrist for the prosecution, and proved that Ronald suffered from antisocial personality disorder. I've done some research on that. I'm no mental health expert. I'm not even going to claim to be one. Um, but, you know, dissociative disorder, neurotic, antisocial personality disorder... They can be put together, like, they can, you know, there are different things that can trigger these things, um, and I think as time has gone on, from the early 70s when these murders took place, that, you know, these are 40-something years ago, or, yeah, 40-something years ago, that these murders took place and mental health, I don't think was, in my opinion, it wasn't as prevalent um, at the time. I don't think there was, you know, medication at the time. Um, you know, speculation, pure speculation at this point. Um, if both psychiatrists are saying and claiming this, what was the underlying cause? 
Um, is there schizophrenia? Is there high anxiety? Is there severe depression? Is there, um, you know, you, you can't explain and you can't justify why he did this. Um, I, I can't and I won't. Um, if he's very mentally unstable and the help was not there for him, still no excuse. Like, it is what it is. Um, yeah, so I'm going to leave that there. Um, now, there are some theories on this that Ronald was actually possessed by a demon. Okay. <laughs> that is a very real theory, and I'm not laughing to make light of it. It's... That is a serious theory. Like, that is... You know, was he possessed by a demon? Was he... You know, what happened on that land? Like... There's something that just snapped in this guy's brain. Um, another theory is that Ronald's attorney forced him to plead guilty to the murders. Um, maybe to avoid a lesser charge. I mean, he was given, he was convicted six counts of second degree murder. And for each count, he was given 25 years to life. So he's looking at 25 to life on six counts. Now, if I'm his attorney, um, well, number one, I wouldn't be um, because I couldn't defend somebody like that. Um, you know, it's, you know, what was on the table? Was it, hey, we've got him... Six counts, first degree premeditated murder. Like, you know, pure speculation here. We're going to give homeboy the hot shot or the electric chair or, you know, the gas chamber. Like, he will get execution. Like, he takes a guilty plea on all these. We'll do, you know, six counts of 25 to life. Even then he still won't be, you know, like he might be eligible for parole when he's like, I don't know, like 90 or something. Like, you know, homeboy is going to die in prison. Like, there's just no two ways about it. Um, guaranteed, he's dying in prison, whether it's, you know, the death penalty or 25 to life and six counts of that. Good God. Um, it says, you know, now back to the murders, you know, all six people were on their bed and the four kids, Don, Allison, Mark, and John Matthew were all shot once. Now I did read somewhere that I believe it was, um, the dad was shot and killed first. And the mom actually woke up and it's believed that the mom and one of the kids was actually awake or, 
they were either awake or they were waking up when they were shot and killed. Um, it says all six family members were reportedly shot by a 35 caliber Marlin 336 C rifle. Okay, I've read. I'm no firearms expert. I'm not going to claim to be. Um, anybody that follows things or knows anything about me, I'm not a firearms guy. You know, I'm not a gun nut. I. Okay, you know, yes, I was in the military. Yes, I was in the army. Yes, I fired different guns at different points in life. Okay, cool. You know, been there, done that. Um, and that's a personal thing for me. I don't, I never really got into the whole, you know, gun collecting, shooting range thing, hunting thing. It just, it never became a thing for me. You know, like some people are like, you know, I don't like playing video games or I'm not a comic book person or... You know, whatever. It's just, you know, it is what it is. Like, never became my thing. Um, but what I did read about the 35 caliber Marlin 336 C rifle is that, A, they were loud. B, you're in a house. You are in a closed environment. You're in a closed space. Like... You fire a gun in a closed space, it's going to get loud, okay? Like, you know, you go use the bathroom and then, oops, you slam the door. That's loud enough, but you get a rifle that's already loud. Um, and nobody in the house heard a thing. If you can explain that, please do. Um, this is where I'm seeing paranormal stuff comes into play. Um, it says that no silencers were used. Um, you know, I have one note. It says the gun did not have a silencer used. Um, how are you going to shoot six people? I'm curious on this. You're going to shoot six people... In, let's just say, okay, mom and dad have their their bedroom. You've got four other kids. And so that's four other bedrooms. Now, let's just say, okay, that's four bedrooms. Why are these people not hearing a gun go off? Theory. Two girls are in one room, you know. Um, Don and Allison, let's just say the two girls, they share a room. You got Mark and John Matthew, the two younger boys, they share a bedroom. Okay, so now you're down to three bedrooms. You know, mom and dad, two girls, two boys. Three bedrooms instead of five. How is it these six people did not hear a gun go off? Nobody outside heard a gun go off. No neighbors heard any gunshots going off. The only sound that was ever reported being heard was the DeFeo's dog was barking. I can attest 
dogs barking can be... Lord have mercy, it can be annoying. It really can be. Um, I've had dogs. I've been around dogs for a good portion of life. Um, I've had neighbors that have had dogs. Um, but you're going to hear a dog barking, but you're not going to hear six people being shot to death. Uh, what's going on in that house? Um, it was reported that the dog was actually inside the house. Um, one report said, one said that, you know, the dog was inside. One report I read said the dog was outside. Either way, if the dog is outside, yeah, you're going to hear a dog barking. Um, I can attest to the fact that living places that I've lived, um, I have heard people shoot guns actually inside their home. Um, it's loud. It's not as loud outside as it is inside, but you're still going to know, hey, they're not shooting fireworks. That was straight up a gunshot. Like, um, but how do neighbors not hear that? Like, that's what I'm not understanding. Like, if you're in your apartment, you're in your home, and you're you know, outside and people are shooting each other outside. I've heard gunshots from a half a mile away. And I'm inside my, you know, my apartment at the time. <laughs> like, is this house really that soundproof? Like, I'm going to say no. Um, You know, the house that we live, this house was built in 1926, I think is what I said. Um. No, 19, around 1924. Okay, so I was about two years off. So if you're building a house in around 1924, the house that I live in now was built in 1917. So we're looking at about a seven-year difference. Walls were not that thick back then. Like, it's just... You're not going to have thick walls. You're not going to have soundproofing. <laughs> like, there had to be... In my opinion, you know, I'm going to say that um, I'm giving my opinion on this. Of Walls are thin. I don't think the DeFeos are going to be doing a recording studio and soundproofing their walls. And, you know, it's New York. It's Long Island. It's cold. Um, even... A healthy, insulated home. I'm not a contractor, but I'm still thinking you have a loud rifle. You're shooting and killing six people. But yet, all they hear is the dog. That is, let's just say the dog is, I mean, if the dog is outside, cool. I'm all for it. You're going to hear a dog outside. Not a big deal. Um, if the dog is inside, you know, we can play that card just as well. You know, it's roll the dice and flip a coin. You're going to hear the dog barking, but not six people being shot. Like, I'm not understanding that. Um, you know, 
if you have dissociative disorder, um, you're not going to associate things. You're going to not be in the right frame of mind. Like, if he was possessed by a demon, which is a theory. It's it's a plausible theory. Um, you know, the paranormal side of this comes in of demon possession, not hearing gunshots. Um, why were all the bodies neatly um, done the same way? Um, uh, it says... You know, what people and the investigators found creepy is the identical positioning of all six bodies. You're going to shoot and kill six people. Nobody's going to hear a thing. And then you're going to position all six of them identical? Like, is that a sign of remorse? Is that a sign of... Oops, I just did something bad. But then why would you go and call the police and say, hey, my entire family is dead. Um, and then blame somebody who potentially has ties to the mob or is potentially a mob hitman. Um, like, dude. Okay, I get we didn't have the, you know, the internet was not invented back then. But... If you're going to try and pin a crime on somebody, at least make sure that they have, they don't have a rock-solid alibi. <laughs> like, I'm not saying, you know, you know, do that. I'm, I'm, don't get me wrong. You know, don't go kill somebody. And, you know, if you do and you're going to pin it on somebody, make sure that they don't have a rock-solid alibi. Um... Just make life simple. Don't kill anybody. If you are possessed by a demon or, you know, you have mental illness, um, seek help. Please, for the love of Pete, seek help. Um, there's enough help out there now that people can get. Um, you know, take an insanity plea. Maybe that's what he did. Maybe that's potentially his attorney said, hey, plead insanity. We'll take the six counts. You'll get second degree. That's fine. You'll go to, you know, the psychiatric ward, which is where I believe he ended up, um, to where you can get the help that you need. Um but yeah, this is all I really have on part one. Um, this one, you know, like I said, it's primarily true crime. But the paranormal is bleeding into it. Um, but now part two is either going to be done Friday or Monday, um, depending on how scheduling goes. Uh, I can't really say at this point. But then moving forward from that, um, depending on work schedule, I will be updating um, Twitter and everything else best I can because um, I'm up for a couple different positions, you know, work-wise. I don't know schedules yet. Um, 
it's just going to be one of those things. Um, I love doing weekly, but like I said, scheduling and doing the research that I need to do and want to do, keeping up with everything else, it's it's just not plausible at this time. So I am... Part two is coming out Friday or Monday. And then it's going to be bi-weekly every other week. After that is what I'm looking at. So enjoy the Amityville house episode. And I will see you guys on episode 18 and part two of Amityville. Alrighty, bye-bye.